Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn. He had this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Back at this again. Life's been crazy. It's been a minute. You know what I mean? It's uh, Work's been wild, man. I can't elaborate, but uh, it's it's going rough. You know what I mean? So uh, just doing my thing. Just trying to keep grinding. Do do what I do. Um, you know, shit's starting to really pop. You know, the garden's just about ready to start taking fucking shape out here. So I'm... I'm out there crushing shit in the yard and, and getting this shit, um, you know, up to speed. Shit's about to hit another level this year. I'm <laughs> the ideas I have is pretty extreme. So um, I'm excited to see it all take shape. It's beautiful outside. Once it, uh, you know, once everything comes together, I like my home to be my own little oasis. I'm a homebody for sure. I don't really need to go anywhere. I only have so much time off to begin with, so um, might as well be able to just relax exactly where I'm at, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm big into that shit. Um, what the fuck is going on? I went and saw Tracy Morgan. That shit was dope. Um, he's a funny motherfucker, you know what I mean? Uh, 
it was it was good seeing him and uh you know he was he had to have a sheet of paper you know just to kind of keep his topics rolling so he would more or less like grab a topic off the paper and then he'd go for a bit and then he'd have to you know go back to the thing just to see where he was at to keep his place i guess you know and i guess that accident you know it fucked him up so but i mean he was still funny as shit it was great i love to see him again but uh yeah, that was a good time. I love Count Basie Theater. I, I really think that's that's the, my favorite place to go as far as seeing comedy, because it's big, but intimate. You know what I mean? So it's like it's big enough where you could really pack that shit, and you can get some huge names in there, because it's it's a big enough house to make it make sense for them, even if they're you know big big name headliners. Um, Dice is going back there in November. We saw him there um, a couple of years back right before the pandemic. So, you know, I mean, it really, it's a, it's a nice place. You don't have to go to like fucking New York or Philly or anything like that. It's like a nice little fucking spot, you know, a little walk around college town kind of shit. Like it's not, you know, you don't have to worry about someone trying to stick you on the way in that motherfucker. Like it's all good, you know, nice, comfortable. I mean, the seats kind of suck as far as like comfort, you know, but it is what it is. I mean, you're there for fucking two hours. And um, they're they're a little tight that way, but I mean, there's really not a bad seat in the house as far as your view. I think it's it's beautiful that way. Speaking of like how long motherfuckers are there, um, why the fuck do first off you get these motherfuckers who are up front that like routinely show up twenty minutes after the fucking shows anywhere like the entire fucking third like first five rows show up in segments through the first like three comedians. It's fucking crazy. Like, I, I can't imagine, like, I, I'm always further back. My tickets cost less. So <laughs> I already know I opted out of that fucking high price shit that they're on, and they show up fucking late to the whole shit. It's crazy. And I know, like, you know, the, the comedians get on them and this and this, but there's no way that that's, like, strategic. Like, they, they want that little moment or whatever. I, I don't know. This shit's... The shit's disturbing to me. It happens on every level, though. Because then, like, even mid-show, motherfuckers are trying to get their drink on in, like, two hours, and the line is, like, wrapped around like like they're trying to ride a roller coaster and shit. They have two fucking hours to watch this comedian, and they're like, dude, I got to get back in line and get more alcohol. And it's like, yo, like, first off, this is some amateur-ass shit. Like, you either show up fucking lit and maintain, and then maybe, you know... Hit, hit a hit a beer, hit whatever the fuck you're gonna hit while you're there, but you're already good. Or settle the fuck down for two hours and then get back to your shit afterwards. You know what I mean? I'm not a drinker anymore or anything like that, but like if you're on that shit, get on that shit, man. Like why why would you fucking spend a hundred, two hundred dollars to go see somebody and immediately be like, yo, I gotta go stand online for this shit over there so I can come back and watch fifteen minutes of this before I gotta go back online again and shit. Because all the fuckers are like, excuse me, excuse me, and then they come back with a drink, like, 20 minutes later. Like, you just missed 20 minutes of this fucking set. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't even understand the mentality. People are fucking ridiculous. What can you do? Um, but, yeah, it was, it was funny. Good time, as always. Um, yeah, I just saw before, because uh, right before I did this, um, in the living room, the uh, AEW was on. And I saw MGF, MJF. How fucking, <laughs> you remember back, like, when he first came out, his, his manager was Maria Manic, 
like one of those two people made a bad career decision. <laughs> like how bad do you have to fuck up to make this different of a, a parting and uh the progression to go in this in this direction? It's uh it's fucking crazy. Man, that that was uh call that shit the whole way through. God damn. Hopefully she's all right somewhere out there, but I, she, like, disappeared. She ceased to exist because of this fucking dirty motherfucker. That's crazy. Um, fuck else. I, I, oh, rest in peace to Big Mac Smack. Um, he passed, um, and, you know, he suffered for quite some time, and, uh, he, he's had so many strokes Every time he posts about a stroke and another stroke and oh great another stroke that's the last thing I need. Um, you know it was heartbreaking because the dude he was such a sweet guy. You know he liked to collect toys. He you know um, he, he loved his animals. You know and that's that's where I really connected with this dude because you know it comes down to it I'm an old school CCW fan and shit. But you gotta understand something about me I don't sweat these dudes. You know what I mean maybe back in the day. I was a mark, you know what I mean? Back then, I was I was fucking giddy to see these. I don't give a fuck. Like, these are all just fucking human beings at this point. I don't give a fuck if you're you're the, the biggest, most jacked fucking beast, this, that, whatever. Who gives a fuck? That's your business, you know what I mean? Like, I, I got my own life going on. I ain't worried about what the fuck you're up to. So I'm a different cat now, you know what I mean? And that's not saying I'm better than anybody. I'm just saying, like, I don't need to... I don't need to be talking to anybody like that. You know, I'm not like, oh, my God, but you were in the hate club. I'll talk to you. It is, you know. That's cool, man. Um, but, yeah, so, but he would really connect with me on the animal side of things. And that's where, you know, I've definitely talked to him more in in the past 10 years than I ever talked to him when I was at shows and, and he was doing his manager shit with Wife Beater, you know, I mean, I, I saw him at a lot of shows, but I, I didn't really connect connect with him until, you know, the last 10 years. I remember, you know, um, seeing him, like, right before um, the first NGI, we, we were talking a lot, and um, a little bit before that, too, but we were talking a lot before that, so, like, I didn't even think anything of it, you know, just nice, you know, exchanges or whatever, but, man, like... He saw me at NGI in the parking lot, like, getting out of the car, like, headed towards the joint. And he, he like, yo, Jay. Like, he, he was, like, you know, so happy to see me, like, legitimately. And then, you know, going forward from there was just the constant interactions of every animal thing. He'd hit me up about animal questions and this and this. And just a sweetheart of a guy, you know what I mean? So I always respect the shit out of him just because of the way he treated me and, you know, the genuine nature he had like to me like he just he he was a kind dude you know what i mean that that's how i saw him so you know his suffering's over now and that's 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 the best that could that could happen for him at this point you know he's gone through so much so rest in peace rob um what else i got here Oh, that Clark kid's a pedophile. Um, I didn't, I don't know if I mentioned that or not. Somebody asked me if I mentioned that. So I was like, you know what, let me just double down on it real quick. Yeah, that Clark kid that used to yell all the time and, and you look at him and go, something's wrong with this motherfucker. Guess what? 
something's wrong with this motherfucker. <laughs> so that's not, I don't know what else you wanted to fucking say about this dude. I mean, it is what it is. This has never been a dude that was like, yo, I would hang out with him and shit. I wouldn't spend fucking more than 35 seconds in any form of conversation with this fucking guy. And that's generous. I wouldn't give him 10 fucking seconds of like, he would like, hey, how you? And, and I would just fucking turn my back on him like he didn't exist. I, you know, the the only times I really saw him, because I only saw him like so many times because he came in on this like second new wave CZW crowd type shit. And he'd just be, you know, out there yelling and yelling his fucking stupid little head off. But, you know, when I was, like, in my fucking, like, real attending days, the early to mid-2000s and shit like that, you know, I was full force on, like, 2001 on forward. You know what I mean? And obviously, when it hit its peak, when Ring of Honor became a thing, and, you know, so many things were taking shape, and I was attending all this shit all over the place. And, um... That, like, those type of, that dude wasn't around for that, you know what I mean? He he came around later on and shit, um, so I didn't, like, have any long-term interactions or, or anything, you know what I mean? Um, he just, he just seemed like a motherfucker in a crowd with something wrong with him, and he just confirmed that shit, so that's, that's what that is. But this is the shit that I'm saying, like, from the fan level to the wrestler level to the promoter level, on every fucking level... A, the majority of these fucking people are damaged. They're fucked up people. Like, and you can hate that shit because, like, you're a fan of it and whatever. Hey, man, there's exceptions to every fucking thing. If you're legitimately a good guy, you shouldn't be offended whatsoever. Because, obviously, it ain't about you. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it is. Like, I, I, I can't fucking look at it any other way when, like, there's so many of these fucking guys coming out of the woodwork that are just, like, a fucking problem. You know what I mean? And, you know, a lot of this different shit, it catches momentum. And when it really starts to fucking roll, it doesn't matter who the fuck you are. People just kind of mention you, and, and motherfuckers are disappearing. You know, motherfuckers are catching, like, real repercussions off of shit. Um... One dude I'll, I'll say I got to talk about, obviously, um, anybody who knows me on this show knows that I am a huge Chris Dickinson fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan fan of a whole lot of guys. I'd say I'm a huge Chris, Chris Dickinson fan. Uh, I watch his matches uh, pretty exclusively. I mean, there's a lot of times that I'll turn on the show just because he's on it. I'm not, you know... You know, I'm not opposed to watching a few of those matches if, if any of it appeals to me, but, like, the reason why I turned on this shit here is, oh, well, like Dickinson's on that shit against this dude. I really want to see that shit because he's a wild cat. He trains his ass off. He, he works really fucking hard. He's got that intensity that's just so hard to fucking match. You know, so I've been a fan of Dickinson for a long time, and... and you know, I've been singing his praises on his show for a long time. And I've been talking about people who have showed up in the news on, on this matter or that matter and the cancel stuff. Um, so obviously, you know, the stuff that Dickinson is being um, brought up into, I, I guess that's the way I put I don't even know, like, how to actually put it, you know. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about it, but 
I, I don't know, like, the proper term. I don't know that he's being brought up into something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that to be taken wrong. Because, you know, a lot of this shit becomes just, like, mincing words and figuring out of the way he phrased this sentence, then that sentence, and the other. Like, you got to understand, like, um, I, I deal with hard facts. You know, the, that's the main thing that, that I deal with is hard fucking facts. Um, you know, the... The difference between a guy like is a necro butcher to me is is one of the worst fucking type of people on the planet. And if you don't see it that way, then you really don't understand, or you're not really against women abuse at all. There's no way you're any way, shape, or form accepting of the necro butcher, or currently supporting him, or marking for him, or any of that shit. You know what I mean? I, you know, I've always been this dude where like. You could separate the the art from the artist. You know, you can you can watch Necro Joe still and go, holy shit, that's one of the fucking craziest matches I've ever seen. That that was one of my favorite matches live I've ever fucking seen. The energy for that shit, the everything about it, I love that fucking match. I love DMX's fucking music. I hate that dude. You know what I mean? So this like I'm able to separate this from that. You know, I'm not gonna be wearing a dude's T-shirt. But, you know, I'll rock his music, I'll watch the match, I'll, you know. That type of thing I could handle, you know, on that level. Um, so regardless of how I feel about a guy, you know, in that fashion, as far as, you know, do I support his lifestyle or what he's doing, I could separate this from that. But Necro Butcher, you know, he, he punched a woman in the head. She was curled in a fetal position on a recliner, begging him to stop, while this big fucking redneck rain punches down on him, uh, on her. Like, punching her in the side of the fucking head. Can you imagine, like, being the human being that does that? Like, I, I personally can't. Like, I'm not that type of guy. Like, I don't give a fuck who says what fucking rumor, your asshole and your uncle. I'm telling you now, I'm not that type of fucking guy. And you could ask anybody who I'm actually fucking with arm's reach of ever, ever in my life. And they'll tell you the same fucking thing. I'm not that guy. Um... So I don't understand it, but, you know, when you take yourself to that fucking horror movie level, you know, where you're fucking attacking a fucking helpless fucking uh, victim in the situation, because this isn't a fight, this is like you're attacking a motherfucker, bro, that's what you're doing, and and you're able to come unhinged to that level and just, like, go to work the next day, like, yep, man, I hit her hard as shit last night, like, I don't, how do you even continue, like, your day-to-day? Like, you just, <laughs> you just fucking, you'll take the garbage out after that, and you're just like, good morning, Jim, and just fucking nod at your neighbor and shit, and he's just like, eyes are widening because he heard that shit through the walls. Yo, like, how how do you, I don't know how to function like that. I mean, what do you just, like, shake your head and go, Disney money, <laughs> you know? What are you going to, so, like, I don't understand shit like that. You know, that, that guy gets any way, shape, or form a pass to, to perform in a ring again where, where people are supporting him. Chan his fucking name. And the promoter is fucking bringing him in. There, he's being honored in Hall of Fame ceremonies after he did this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one thing if he's in a Hall of Fame, you leave him, whatever, you know. Again, you are from the artist, but, like, I don't know that I celebrate him personally in any way. I think you lose the opportunity to receive your trophy when you act that way, which is, I 100% think, what Will Smith should have got. I don't think he would have got a fucking award that day. They should have played a fucking 
montage of some sort. Like, hey, we got to throw together a fucking clip compilation. This is what we make the big bucks for. They're back there splicing fucking tape. You know what I mean? Like, I know nobody splices tape anymore. It's a, like a digital thing. But, you know, motherfuckers have been packaging up some shit because Will wouldn't have had no motherfucking award that night. The same thing where you don't start fucking awarding people things when they're raining punches down on a woman's head. And then when, when the shit comes out, you go like, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't handle things the right way. Well, what would you do? <laughs> That's not the response of a remorseful person. And now he's like, fuck you, that was a long time ago. Like, ah, yeah, I don't, I can't ride with that dude, you know? So that's that's where I feel like the bar is set, you know, um, as far as, like, high level. Like, this, this dude's a fucking woman beater. Um, Chris Dickinson, um, now... The allegations first came out via Christina Von Erie, um, and I don't have any texts or any of that shit in front of me, so this is all, like, paraphrased, like, my version of what I remember I read. I don't fucking know how factual any of this is, so take this again, as I've always told you, just some jerk off from Jersey just speaking his shit. Um, but he, uh, she came out on this shit about how abusive he is in this and this. Let's not get it fucked up, man. Chris Dickinson just signed a fucking deal with NJPW, his dream fucking job. Everyone knows it's his dream fucking job. And, um, you know, it seems like crazy timing. Christina Vieri comes out, and uh, she says uh, he he's just so abusive, and he, he mentally abused me and, and physically abused me and emotionally abused me. And, you know, when it comes down to a lot of the shit she's saying, the one thing that's going to catch some kind of traction for the most part is physical. Because, you know, emotional covers a lot of ground. That's saying I'm sad. That's saying, like, yo, I, I was depressed because of him. Like, that's that's subjective. Like, I, I really think when it comes down to that, that mental emotional thing, it could cover a lot of ground. You could just be not a mentally stable person and someone could break your heart and you'd be fucked the fuck up that doesn't necessarily make that person the worst person on the planet. That means you weren't really mentally stable enough to deal with this motherfucker over here. You know, this motherfucker's a lot, you know? And, and that's, again, that's, that's subjective. Somebody else would know how to fucking, you know, talk to this fucking guy in a way where he, he doesn't have those options to, to escalate this argument or that. Or, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not saying that like she's at fault for this and that but i'm just saying like it, when you're talking about anything but that physical allegation things get subjective and i don't think it holds the same amount of weight so you throw in physical now just stemming off of the physical he immediately the the one thing that he absolutely addressed really the only thing he addressed was he has never been physical with a woman he, he's not the type of guy to be physical with a woman he's very against that that's the stance he's taking so by him taking that stance, um, Christina Von Erie answered on Twitter with something along the lines of, oh, yeah, you don't remember that night that you smacked me? I'm going to have pictures soon. You just wait. By the way, that was a couple weeks ago, and I haven't seen fucking pictures yet. First off. Second off, you don't, you don't have pictures soon. When some shit happened like eight fucking years ago. I think it was like eight years ago where this, this all took place. 
You, you don't have pictures soon when you decided I'm finally dropping this fucking bombshell. But I'm not going to look for the pictures that are attached to exactly what the fuck I'm trying to talk about. I'm going to wait until someone says no, he didn't. And then, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. I guess I'm going to go try to find those pictures now. Like, what the fuck is going on here? And not only that, but, like, you are telling me that you're traumatized by a smack that happened one time eight years ago while you were doing intergender fucking death matches. You know what I mean? That's, that's what you're going to tell me. He's like, you're fucked up for years, and that physical trauma was so fucking serious off of a smack. And I'm not saying a man should ever smack a woman. I'm just saying I think we're building a fucking mountain out of a molehill if you were an intergender deathmatch wrestler at the time. Like, motherfuckers are headbutting each other. And again, yeah, that's consensual. It's a different story. I'm not saying it's right. But I just don't think that you hurt for years to come off of one smack if you're the type of motherfucker that is into, like, facial piercings and deathmatch wrestling and fucking tattoos every fucking where you could possibly put tattoos. You know, and dating some of the most dangerous fucking guys on the fucking planet. Because that's the other thing that, like, we just can't not fucking bring into into play here. She cheated on Masada with Chris Dickinson, according to what was told back then. And Masada, like, to this day, won't fucking look at Chris Dickinson, hates him. Like, he, like, I, I don't, I, I can't tell you to this day, actually, because I don't, I don't know how he currently feels. But for many, many years, you could not book the two of those guys because they'd kill each other, you know? And and that was over her at the, the same period of time that they were together. Also, during that time, rumored was that she was with Mox at least once. So now you're talking about this chick picked, let's go with gimmick names, the ultraviolet beast, the dirty daddy, and the lunatic fringe. Those are her date. That's her dating pool. Oh, you're, you're traumatized, huh? I mean, Masada was in love with this chick, and really, it fucked him up when, when she bounced. So, Dickinson was so fucking bad that she left another guy for him to then somehow, and, and I really don't know the span of time. I wish I knew the span of time as far as the Christina Von Erie stuff goes, because I, I just don't feel like they were together publicly and, and for a long enough span of time where they were, like, dating, dating. You know, like, I mean, it, I feel like they were obviously together, if this is even a discussion, but I don't remember, like, a, a span of time where, like, oh, yeah, Dickinson and Bonnieri are together. That's just the couple there. You know what I mean? Like, you hear about these wrestling couples, and, and again, I, I believe that they were together, but I don't know that they were together for, like, this crazy extended period of time that she should hold, like, immense weight. And uh, I, I don't know. It's uh that to me holds no credibility. I, I felt like she was uh her credibility wasn't very good back then. I, I don't think she was a very respectful person for how she was carrying herself. Um and I and that's not to say that you can't sleep around and also be abused. Of course you can. But just a whole lot about this just doesn't feel right. And like I said, the thing that's going to carry the most weight is this physical abuse that you're having a hard time proving and you've already kind of dropped the bomb that it happened one time. 
which isn't really like storied abuse. Like he beat me all the time. And, and again, not right. If it's one time, it's fucking wrong. But there's a difference between a guy punching you in the side of the head and won't stop and smacking you once eight years ago. There's just a difference. You know what I mean? That, that's, again, both are very wrong, but assault is different than murder. It just is. That doesn't say I'm encouraging assault. That just says I can't call it murder. That's, I don't know, just the way that I'm viewing it. I'm not, I'm not justifying a fucking thing. Just because I'm a huge Dickinson fan doesn't mean I'm justifying anything because I just don't believe what the fuck she's talking about. Now, the second one that comes in worries me a bit more. Um, this girl was his girlfriend for a while, for sure. Um, Michaela, I believe her name is. She, um, I mean, there was a lot of pictures of them together. They were, I, I didn't even know they broke up, to be honest with you, because the last pictures I saw of them together just figured they were still together. I, I don't watch motherfuckers' lives like that. So, if you know, if it's been a couple months, they haven't had any pictures together, or I don't know, maybe it's been a while. I don't, I don't know. But I just kind of assumed that they were together still because that, that was really one of the only people I really saw consistent pictures of, like, dating with Dickinson, you know, on the Instagram and all that. Um, so she kind of, like, me too on the, on the Von Erie thing, which, again, I think the Von Erie shit is overblown. I think the timing is weird. And uh, I know, you, you know, they, they say, all the, oh, you can't tell a victim when to go fuck yourself. You can't fucking ruin somebody's life over here, say, eight fucking years down the road. You just can't. It, you know, it, it works both ways. You know, innocent until proven guilty doesn't mean, like, as soon as you bring it up, we should throw this whole fucking guy in the garbage, you know, because that, that to me is, is bullshit. Show me fucking something. Tell me something. Don't just tell me, you have to believe me because I'm a victim now. I mean, you're an accuser at this point. That doesn't that doesn't make the other guy guilty. But anyway, um, the other one worries me, you know, and a lot of the things that she says, and again, it, you know, it could be someone who just had a really bad breakup. But this is where the shit gets subjective. Now, you know, she claims a lot of mental abuse. Now, she says it's a part of physical shit, like, her shit is, is kind of vague, too. Said he, he would throw a water bottle at me. And, I, and again, I get, you know, this dude is built like Harambe. He throws a water bottle. It's a fucking Nolan Ryan fastball. Like, this, it's not, this isn't just somebody, like, lobbing a water bottle and shit. This, this shit could be a, a deadly projectile in that fucking guy's hands. But, you know, I, I don't know that, like, he was just a water bottle throwing freak. We're talking about full-on physical abuse. If we're just trying to call him flat-out physically abusive, like, were you considering leaving your relationship over a thrown water bottle? If so, like, why, why didn't you make a move on that? Because if this guy wasn't giving out full-out beatings, he wasn't going to chase you down with a water bottle. Like, there, there's got to be a fucking a line drawn where it's just like, this guy didn't treat me well. I can get the fuck out of here. But if I don't, that's kind of on me. You know, and again, I don't know the full on details of every single thing that was said or done or whatever, but I know a lot of the shit falls into subjective area. Um, it does, again, concern me that someone, a long time girlfriend of, of Chris Dickinson, you know, has this type of feeling about him that he's just fucking flat out evil. I mean, um, 
a lot of times when when guys work that fucking hard, they're not bearable fucking human beings. You know, they're they're fucking they're so jacked out of their fucking mind. They're they're obsessed with their body every minute. They're they're working over fucking time. It's like what you're seeing is like this guy is built like a fucking statue. He's going, I'm fucking small. And he's like, fucking, you know, that, that body dysmorphia and shit like that, it fucking it has your mind on another level. So now when you see regular people that aren't fucking deranged, you're like, you sloppy piece of shit. Like, this is kind of the mentality that this guy is, is walking around with, I, I think. You know, I mean, that's a lot of times what drives people to, to take that that motivation to the next level. I got a little bit of that myself, you know, um, I'm, I'm not quite this guy or whatever, but you know, at 44 years old to be the shape I'm in, I, I, I got a little bit of a different switch than, you know, your average. Um, you know, I think when you turn it to that next level and that becomes it, and I, you know, I spread my fucking crazy ass energy around all over the place. It's not just into the physical realm. Um, you know, I do my shit on the on the gym side of things. And so we'll talk about this this set that I've been doing lately in a bit. But um he uh you know, he focuses physical, physical, physical. He does some fishing, but it's it's really fucking physical balls to the wall every fucking day. Um, you know, I do gardening, I, I got all these animals, I you know, I, I work six days a week, I you know. It's just it's just a different routine. I think if you, you put it into that physical all day, every day realm I definitely doesn't. I I think it puts your mind somewhere else, you know, because it just becomes all about that aesthetic and that, you know. And again, you know, I, I don't I don't think he's he's a a bad dude to talk to at all. He's always been cool to me. Um, but you know, I don't know. I it's it's not one of those dudes that I'd be like, yo, I just wish my daughter could date a guy that calls himself the dirty daddy that's jacked out of his fucking skull. Like, no, that's that's not that's not what I'm looking for my daughter to wind up with. So, you know, if you're the type of chick that that's gravitated towards that type of guy, like, I don't know, it's probably not going to work out. I, it, like, if you said, "Hey man, do you think this is going to work out?" There's a, you know, my sister started dating this guy and showed me a picture of like, <laughs> I mean, good luck. I don't fucking know. That, that shit doesn't look like I'd be happy about it, you know? And that, again, that, that doesn't automatically make him a bad guy, but, like, I think the odds are on his side on, on or, or against him on being a good guy. Um, But, again, that's subjective. Like, at what point, you know, when we start with this cancel culture, what what point does it become, like, you get called into the fucking boss's office and it's like, hey, um... Yeah, um, it's just kind of wondering, like, uh, what happened at dinner with Jenny? Because she she got she got a really bad vibe from you, and and you you know you were really short with her. You know she works all day, and you know she was happy to see you and just have dinner together. You know, and you you had the time to have dinner, but like, you know, you're really short with her. And I don't really think that we represent people who treat women that way. So, you know, I know she's your wife and like you guys have made up, but I don't know that I'm over it. You know, like we might have to let you go there, Jim, you know, I mean, she's a nice woman and I just, I think I would treat her better. I, I don't, I don't think that's the way that we do things in this society. You know, like what, at what point does it become that? What 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 the fuck are we doing? If it's really like come down to like he's mean to me, 
Get the fuck out of my face. You're not going to stop people from being mean to each other. You guys aren't going to like my fucking opinion. You're going to want to be mean to me. That's how this fucking world works. I was bullied my whole fucking childhood. No one jumped the fuck in like a superhero and saved my fucking my, myself physically, mentally, fucking any of that shit. People deal with shit, garbage childhoods and, and trauma all the fucking time in this world. We're focused on shit that doesn't matter, words and... This 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 relationship didn't work out, so everybody should make them pay. That man, you better, you better figure out. Because again, I've said this a lot of times. When you start pulling other things into your argument, you hurt the actual argument. I do believe that you know women should have a place to go when they're actually abused. I feel like there should be a support system to help women through abusive relationships and away from them. I think people who are beating women should be penalized heavily. And you should be discouraged in that way. You know, I'm not a cancel culture guy, but I don't think you should hire a guy that just punches a woman in the side of the fucking head. So I guess in a way, that's, that's that guy being canceled is, is I just choose not to fucking hire that guy. And as a fan, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not looking forward to seeing the guy that blasts a woman in the side of the fucking head over Disney money. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's a good idea. You know, for me to fucking bring my kid to the show and be like, yo, you got to see this fucking guy. I mean, don't look at what he does in his personal life, but he's a lot of fun to watch. I, I, you know, I'm not going to encourage too much of this guy. It's kind of one of those like, you know, oh, yeah. man, he had a crazy ass match, right? Yeah. Hope he doesn't take it out on the You know, it's like those things I understand, but when it starts grabbing other people who, you know, it's kind of vague this way or it's subjective this way, the physical stuff isn't really full-on physical because, like, the water bottle almost hit her or the, you know. And, again, I'm just pointing out one thing. I mean, the other girl had a lot more, you know, details and time, you know, with him and stuff. So, I mean, it, it could have very well been terrible. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is it's just – it's strange that it's taken like the same everybody goes in the same fucking bucket and it's not it, it's not that you know stone cold steve austin from what i understand beat the shit out of deborah like beat her the fuck up like physically beat her the fuck up like the fucking title was on the line beat her the fuck up nobody says a fucking word about it they 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 throw that in like when you're like, yeah, Necro beats women, I bet you love Stone Cold Steve Austin, don't you? Like, no, I fucking don't. But, like, nobody's willing to talk about it. He's just that guy because Steve Austin's a fucking legend, and there's no maybe about it. I mean, he's one of the biggest superstars of all time. But, again, are we going to separate the fucking the art and the artist? Are we going to at least say, like, yeah, he's not going to get my pop, but, I mean, you know... I'm not, like, dying for him to come back. He's, you know, he's an old man with his fucking knees shot and stuff. And, again, I thought the fucking Kevin Owen thing was great. But, you know, I'm not going to be buying a new shirt. I'm not going to be, you know, 316 in it around town. He was never my guy anyway. He's a drunk redneck. Like, what the fuck's that got to do with me? Like, you know, even when I was getting drunk, I was never, like, uh, I never celebrated it. It was always a problem to me. It wasn't like, I fucking love this. I mean, I, I loved it, and I, I did it fucking regularly but 
I didn't like shout to the world how great it was because I never thought it was actually great. I just thought it was what I was doing and what felt good at the moment. But I was never fucking proud of it. Never wanted that to be my identity, which was a big part of um, being able to break it. Because when you start to feel like that's who you are, you know, when people are factoring in whether they're talking to you or not because they know you're drunk. So it, that that just becomes like, do I want people to take me seriously ever again or is this just who I am? You know, so that type of shit's big to me. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Dickinson thing, like, like I said, I, I, I would like to to know more and if there's something substantial to physicality or this and that, this this other emotional shit, man, I, I don't think that's our fucking business. That's like people's relationships are just going in full transcripts and shit now. Like it's gonna make people real fucking weird. Because it's like, yo, I can't even just like just hang out with you and talk to you and be real with you. Because this shit is going to be like, if this shit doesn't work out, which how many fucking relationships don't work out? Once people start realizing, oh, man, this shit doesn't work out, you're getting full transcript of every fucking time we were together. Like, I'm with you sexually. Like, I say some shit in the bed. Like, you're you're telling the fucking news if they come by. That's weird. That's 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 fucking weird to me, and it, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's good for just human interaction. Um, you know, there's again, there's a difference between a crime and something that you just didn't like. You know, it not mean isn't a crime, really. Unfortunately, you know, it's uh. It's something we deal with. Like, you know, some of the shit that, like, Christina was piling on there, like, really, he said women's wrestling sucks. Most of it does. So, I mean, he wasn't wrong. And, again, you hate when I say it more than you hate when he said it because at least he's talented in fucking wrestling. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's right. But you know what else, though? Like, as far as women's wrestling and Chris Dickinson goes, this guy has been more willing to wrestle fucking intergender matches and catch the fucking heat for for treating them like like a dude that's small that can't fucking like you know fucking going back and forth with him but in a way just putting him through it like like he's wrestling a guy not only that but like i've seen more fucking like resharing and fucking like half of his story on instagram for years has been women's japanese wrestling i don't know who the fuck 90 percent of these chicks are i'm not it like it's not my thing but he pulls these clips where they're hitting like you know, the the craziest fucking, like, kicks to the fucking head and German suplexes, landing on their fucking head, you know, kipping up, hitting a fucking Saito, like, fucking crazy exchanges where, like, these motherfuckers are no joke. So maybe a lot of what he was talking about was he's comparing y'all to, th- to that and going, yeah, this isn't shit. Because if that's what he's comparing it to, but that's not he hates women. That's he hates U.S. women's wrestling, and I I do too. There's some really really talented women's wrestlers. To me, not enough where you have federations. Not where like I'm seeing fucking women's wrestlers who are morbidly obese and are just going the fuck out there because they like doing it. So this shindy has them come out and they're just fucking huge and they're using all their energy in life not to get themselves in shape and fucking live longer but to pretend they're a fucking wrestler and be out there looking fucking ridiculous 
You know, too much of that shit goes on. You guys refuse to be judgmental. You refuse to weed out the fucking weak. But then in the end, when there's so many of them in there that you all get categorized as the same fucking thing that's the majority of the fucking pack, well, that's that's your fault for not fucking policing your your, your fucking area. It's got to become a fucking... You guys want to do the sorority thing where you just let crimes go and fucking stick up for each other. But what about the part where, like, motherfuckers who can't hang doesn't, don't belong? It's, it's all about motherfuckers just taking the check, taking the fucking training check. Why the fuck is Frankie Picard and Preacher training motherfuckers? If you've never made it past low-level fucking indies, don't fucking train anybody anything. Don't teach people how to not succeed in a fucking business of any sort. I don't mean like, you know, like you were fucking a main player in CZW. Yo, you're good. I mean, if you've never made it past fucking Dojo Wars, low card, when CZW was dying, and never made an impact even at that, you couldn't even, you know, CZW B card, you really couldn't even get over. Preacher, that motherfucker was out there coming back from a broken neck, and the fans were still like, eh. Yeah, I like Alex Cologne better, but he is supposed to be a bad guy. So, I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, we'll still clap. I mean, I was, shit, I was a dope. But, like, everything else looked like shit out of Preacher. He had the fucking match list in his back pocket, the one match. Like, he's he's a mess. No one ever gave a fuck about him in CZW. And that was the biggest place I've ever seen him. He's supposedly, like, 45, 48 years old or some shit. Where the fuck has he worked? Like, you're, you're fucking... I, I thought he was the oldest student in the history of fucking Dojo Wars when I first saw him because I never fucking saw him before. He looks awful old for a student. He was, like, undercover and shit. The motherfucker was in the dojo just, like, 45 years old and shit. <laughs> Trying to dress like them. <laughs> like, I got leather pants, bud. Like, yo, it's it's not working out. You got to get the fuck out of here. Shave that fucking silly-ass handlebar mustache. That shit looks crazy. Your name's Preacher, and you got no fucking type of religious gimmick. There's no fucking religion in your gimmick at all. What the fuck are you doing? You look ridiculous. Do you work out? Like, what the fuck is going on? He looks ridiculous. Him and Frankie fucking, I got eight fucking kids. I, I I am just gaining fucking weight by the week. My gimmick is smoking. What are you just gonna do? You just gonna go in there, kids? Hey, you could suck too. You know what else? You could just pick some old shit that you do that's not even good. Like you could just be like, "Yo, I be farting a lot, so that's my gimmick." Like I'm just, you know, Jimmy to fart, and I'm still farting. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. Like, yo, I stink, bro. Like, and then your whole gimmick, and you could just do spots around farting and shit. Like that's Frankie Picard gimmick. It just, Frankie taught me, just do what you do. Even if people don't like it, just do it and then make it your thing. Yo, I, man, I pick my nose. That's your gimmick. That's crazy. You'll wipe it on people when you do uh, lockups. And they'll go, ew. And you'll be like, oh, shit, that's the booger guy. You know, this is this is that shit. Like, what what is he going to teach people? Just make something talentless your whole fucking thing. And then just keep getting fatter. And we're celebrity boxing, like rigged boxing, and then um, cosplay, you know, like grown men do. You know, 
dress like a Pikachu, you know, that that's what you should do. Do do nothing for any kind of gimmick. Do nothing for any kind of brand. Don't do anything for your body. Just, I mean, soda's great, kids. Soda's fantastic. Drink that shit like Gatorade. It's just bubbly Gatorade. Don't, don't fucking, don't let anybody tell you it's bad for you. Look at me. You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking ridiculous. You motherfuckers should be ashamed of yourself. And kids are, like, signing up for this shit. Like, y'all, I'm going to learn how to wrestle. These guys were in CZW. CZW is a, I mean, you remember the wife beater? No? Well, I mean, you ever seen it? I mean, I think I have a DVD. I don't have, no. CZW Studios, I think, has some with the, yeah, well, yeah, anyway, they were in that company, it used to be really big, it's not anymore, it's like a studio show, and it's, uh, yeah, it's weird, uh, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it used to be really big, they were in that, so we should go pay them, because we could be wrestlers, man, I mean, look at the size of the one guy, if he could be a wrestler, you know, it's just, to me, that's that's more taking advantage of people and, and flooding the industry with more people that will will just make a bad name for everything you do. You know, it's it's just it's fucking bizarre. I, I can't put any fucking words to the the lack of respect that these own these people who claim to love wrestling, love wrestling, the lack of respect for that they actually show for the fucking business. You know, and and. It's just like there's certain shit you could do to protect your stuff. Like I saw um, that in the life of uh, John Wayne Murdoch thing, right? And it was like there was a couple levels to it. Like one, like I don't know why you would take a rabbit to a fucking store that sells toys or any fucking wear for Christ's sakes. But I do love that he loves the rabbits and the guinea pigs and they treat them like they're fucking kids and I think that's fucking amazing. I love it. Um, that that's that's a a cooler side of John Wayne Murdoch than I've ever seen in my life. Cause I mean, this is the same guy that was hitting fans up for pizza money. I don't like have worlds of respect for John Wayne Murdoch, but like that thing where I saw this, you know, this compassion and love for animals, I I connect with that every fucking time. You know, if you ain't a Teddy Hart just doing shit to fucking look at me, I got a cat with me. Like go fuck yourself. That's what you could do. You know. But when people are showing genuine, they they love this animal. Like, this is in their house, and they're fucking cleaning up after and taking care of this and that, and they have these snacks for it, and this this good thing. And this is actually bad for it, because I found out that this and that. You could tell this guy is invested in this animal, and, and good for him. Good for him and good for the animal to have that type of care. I think that's beautiful. But, you know, it, it's more the same with this fucking mentality about match wrestling and 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 uh, again, lack of respect for your fucking craft. Because this guy is one of the best death mass wrestlers in the the country, or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, he's in terrible shape, but you know, I mean, death match wrestling has a little bit of leeway for that, so it's not like you have to, you know, be a shredded athlete because you're you're generally not doing you know, the same level of athleticism all the time. You know, you're not doing, you know, quite the same things. And he's, he's a good wrestler, too. So, you know, in a lot of ways, 
the extra weight and all of that shit holds you back because you could be that much better. I mean, anytime you see that little bit of a potential in somebody and they're in horrible shape, imagine if they weren't. Like, just, it's fucking, it's a no-brainer. Like, they would clearly be a lot better if they were in better shape. Like, it's, but, um, he starts saying, like, you know, I got thousands of cuts all over me. And he's kind of like, like, trying to level with motherfuckers. And he's like, I got a thousand cuts all over me. He's like, and it's not even like the big gashes that hurt. It's just the, all the little ones at the same time. And it's brutal. And I don't think fans understand how much this, this really hurts and like the, the mental stress and, and um, trauma that you go through just walking around with this constant feeling of a thousand cuts. And yeah, it's... You know, I wish people really understood, but... Fucking cutting yourself in the ring. I'm not saying just you. Don't let a motherfucker in your ring with you do that. Because that, that, that takes away from us believing it hurts, because you're like, look, I'm crazy, I do it for breakfast. And it's like, all right, now I don't care about anything you fucking do. What are you going to do? Throw him through that he loves that shit. I, I just, I don't fucking care. I, I used to watch, again, uh, you know, J.C. Bailey... Necro Butcher, put the fucking brakes on before they hit the fucking barbed wire ropes. Put their hands out like, oh, fuck, and like wipe their brow like, thank fucking God I didn't hit that. Or they'd walk out and see the fucking plunder and hit the brakes and like, oh, shit, and start pointing like nobody told me there was going to be fucking, you know what I mean? Like that's selling the fucking element of danger. So now when you go into it, the fans are like, oh, shit, he got it anyway, even though he didn't want it. You know what I mean? It just fucking sense. You know, that, that's how to respect your fucking craft. I don't need to be a fucking wrestler to understand when it meant something to me as a fan and when it stopped meaning something to me. You know? I remember Shane Strickland and Devin Moore, a little barbed wire table match or some shit like the barbed wire boards match. Wired title or wherever the fuck. It was like late CZW, CZW dying. It was in the skate zone, all of that shit, right? Shane Strickland was heel and everything. Or, no, Devin was heel, I believe. Uh, and it was him and Strickland. And Strickland started playing the fuck that I ain't going into the barbed wire shit. Knowing that in the long run, he was going to do some shit to get over with the CZW crowd and take some barbed wire shit. But his initial response was going to be like, I don't do that shit. You fucking crazy. I ain't doing this shit. Don't put that fucking shit out there. I ain't doing this. I ain't doing that. And then wind up with it. You know what I mean? And in the end, fucking Devin was so pissed that he was getting just, like, disrespected and called a pussy for not wanting to go into the barbed wire. Because, like, why the fuck would anyone want to go into the barbed wire? Um, And he had to get on the mic afterwards, like, you better give him some fucking respect, you know, yeah, he busted his ass out here, because they didn't even give a fuck if he was busting his ass, they were so mad that he wasn't willing to go into the plunder, that that was it for them, you know what I mean, this is the the bullshit mentality that you guys have allowed fans to lean into, because you've done this just completely dismissal of pain, it's not, it's not cool to be in, in pain, 
It's cool to be impervious. It's cool to be the Terminator. Not everybody could be fucking brain damaged. Not everybody could be Jun Kasai, or there is no Jun Kasai. If everybody did the fucking Undertaker cell and fucking stood up, no one would fucking like it anymore. And Undertaker wouldn't be too happy that other people fucking ruined it for him. That, I mean, am I wrong? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, people are just doing this shit over and over. So, like, don't, don't do that. The other thing you don't do, I'm sorry... Don't let a fucking promoter book eight death matches on a card or six death matches on a card. Don't fucking put yourself on a show that's not a tournament that has fucking six death matches on it. Because by the fucking fourth death match, no one gives a fuck about the first one. Every single cut they took in those, that first fucking death match, two death matches, those were the opening two matches. That's all they were. You think by the main event they were fucking reflecting on, oh, remember when he went into that corner and took that back bump into the stack of tubes? It's fucking throwaway, complete throwaway. That's why cards like, you know, the old school CZW always had fucking your, your, um, your Rick Blades and your High Flying, your SATs, your Briscoes. Then you, they had your Trent Acids, your Nick Burks, your fucking, your Justice Payne after he was, you know, Big Justice Payne, and he'd have his wrestling matches. You know, they'd, they'd have all these different things on the card because if it was death matches front to back, no one would have gave a fuck about that. You would for a little bit. You'd be like, this is the craziest shit ever until, like, you blew your fucking, like, you, your hype is gone. You killed it. Like, you did too much. And that's what I, I, I was saying was going on in Howell. Oh, he's just a hater. Okay, I mean... Now I don't give a fuck. Like, ICW comes on with fucking eight death matches, and I'm like, this is sucks. All of this sucks. And these guys are, like, pouring fucking blood on my TV, and I'm like, ugh, gives a fuck. Cutting themselves, and, oh, fucking, let's trade headbutts with gussets on our foreheads, and, like, what the fuck is wrong with this? Like, this is just not what I signed up for. It's fetish porn now. It's, it's just fetish shit. You guys are really into this, and, you know, you were supposed to hide that and pretend like you fucking hated it. You were, you were supposed to pretend like it was the worst thing ever that you were getting cut up by this stuff like a normal human being. Once you reveal your kink, now, now like, people either got to be into that shit like that, or you definitely lose just casual wrestling fans. I think the genre has been fucking killed by the GCWs and ICWs and... Um, I mean, you know, these these companies that were just doing front-to-back death matches. I mean, GCW did it before ICW did, and then when they split up, they just made two companies out of the same shit. GCW is now actually fucking thinned down to only a couple death matches. They actually put the formula back to what the fuck it should be because it, it you can't you can't keep a crowd hyped for for eight death matches. You can't. One overwrites the next. People might retain three of those fucking death matches tops when they leave that night. The rest of them, like, ask them about six months later. They'll know, like, a little bit, but no one's like, take the top three matches out and, and the other, you know, just say there's seven. Take the other four fucking matches and try to go into detail about how great any of those were. Most of the time, fans are going to be like, mm, yeah, I, I mean, I, I remember it was all right. All right, is the best you're going to get for a lifetime of scars. So keep that shit in mind when you have a million cuts all over your body. Did you need to have a million? Did you, did you need to be involved in all those fucking death matches? 
I don't know. I think it makes it that much more special when the guy who never does death matches does one because a feud went there. That is fucking exciting. When you get two guys that have been fucking feuding back and forth, trading the fucking title, and then they're like, it's fucking, that's it. Uh, you know, no work barbed wire. You know, you don't even go there. You know, you pull out a bundle of fucking light tubes, you know, towards the end of a fucking feud. You could go no rope barbed wire. You can, you know, take it to a TLC match. And then from there, you go to like a no quit uh, or I quit match or a fucking no DQ. And that's, you know, when you start pulling out some wild shit that you never expect. Now the fans go fucking nuts because you would never expect it. I expect these motherfuckers to break 380 light tubes apiece on these fucking shows. And if they do less now, I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? You know, this you did too much. Now now you don't even, like, there's no pop. There's no reaction. You can see most of the glass that breaks, no one gives a fuck. They go, whoa. Ah. Ah. You get, like, a fireworks reaction. That's it. By the time the next firework hits, you forgot about that last one. I fuck, ah. They, they're all cuts for life. But, you know what I mean? It ain't some shit that just goes away and you can just drive home and fucking, okay, those fireworks are all right. I mean, you, you go home too, but you got cuts all over yourself from the shit that they're already fucking thinking about what they're going to eat. You know. You got to hope they're not some of those comic, comedy show motherfuckers and they're at the concession stand for the 12th time because they'd rather be sitting there in line than fucking watching your match while you're covering yourself with a thousand cuts. Um... One of the fucking uh, best fucking shows that I've seen in a long fucking time. A long fucking time. Let's talk about this fucking show. It was called um, GCW's The Old Me. This shit here was fire. Like, I, I have, like, you know me. Like, I don't give a fuck about this wrestling shit like that. I don't watch shows front to back. I don't. If I liked fucking two matches on the card, like, that's a lot. Um, you know, and, and honestly, like, I'm telling you, I'm going to put over this, this GCW card here. They've, they've probably had four shows since then. I don't give a fuck about none of them. Like, I watched a little bits and pieces of this and that. None of it thrilled me any anywhere near, like, what this, this show did. Like, this show had more to it and was was crafted in a way that just drew my fucking attention and delivered. All these matches that I thought would deliver, delivered. Some of them, and even more, you know? So let's just get into some of this shit. Tony Deppin defeated Jordan Oliver, Yoya, Billy Starks, and Steve Scott. I don't know who Yoya and Billy Starks is, but the the match was good. The the, the match had a lot of crazy spots and, and, you know, really, you know, fast-paced and dope. Loved it. You know I love Deppin. Um, So let's talk about Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver has improved a million percent. This guy was was flat out dog shit as far as I'm concerned. Every fucking thing he did fucking bobbed at me. His movements looked like shit. Everything he he was out there, he just looked like total fucking garbage. He looked like Piper Chapman in fucking uh, Orange is the New Black when he came out with that fucking prison suit. I was like, what is this little fucking white kid doing? This little lanky ass white kid's out here in a prison suit like he's homicide. And he can't fucking wrestle. He's absolute garbage. And he's got this, like, cocky-ass attitude like someone's supposed to give a fuck about him. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this cat? And uh, the whole group, which is a bunch of fucking goofballs. 
this fucking kid went from being that to me, 100% that, I still stand by every bit of fucking that, to I would consider him very good. Like, very good. He could, he could have a very good match with somebody. You know what I mean? You put him up against somebody, you know, with talent, and, and you're going to see a good fucking match. This is uh, this is a kid who does a lot of innovative shit. Um, he, he's, he's definitely worked on a lot of it a lot because he's, he's just gotten leaps and bounds better as far as execution and the way that everything looks. Uh, now his charisma makes a little bit more sense. You know, uh, the the chip on his shoulder, the ego makes a little bit more sense because now he's earning it. You know, now he, his his skill set is matching his attitude. Before it was just an attitude with a garbage skill set. So um, big fucking props to him, you know, getting that much better and, and not fucking stopping. You know what I mean? I don't know if he ever heard any of the shit I said. I mean, I, I hope if he did, he took it as motivation. If he didn't and he was like, fuck you and... You know, and and regardless, didn't stop, congrats. I mean, it is what it is. I want motherfuckers to be good. I hated his fucking guts. He's good now, so okay. I see you. And now, now, now you, if you're on a card, I'm going to give it a look and say, let's see what he's up to. Before, I didn't give a fuck what you were up to. I mean, this is different. It's just, just honesty. This is just, just how I feel. I'm going to tell you if this, this motherfucker is any good at all to me. Or, or it's fucking not worth watching. So, um, fucking, uh, oh, and the, the last person that I matched, Steve Scott. Steve Scott is a dude who's, again, talented, um, very innovative, but fat. Like, he just, he, he can't get himself in shape. He always looks like he's surprised that he had to wrestle that night. Like, I think if you would ask him about any fucking match he had, his story would start out with, it's crazy, I wasn't even supposed to wrestle that night. Like, he just looks like he just, like, showed up there to, like, see a friend or something, and then they were like, dude, you got your gear? And he's like, actually, I do. And then he just fucking jumped in there, and, and that's the shape he was in. That's, that's like, the vibe I get. I, I don't know why, because he's another guy who I think has tremendous potential through his, his, um, his innovation, and I think technically he's actually really good. Um, you know, he's, he's got some pretty smooth movements and shit if, if he fucking really invested in it. And, and I think it's just too casual for him to ever do much if he doesn't change that shit, but that's what it is. Um, so that was a great opener, you know. Um, Alex Shelley versus Nick Wayne. This was fucking dope. This Nick Wayne kid is fantastic. Um, you know, for this little skinny kid that doesn't look like he could do shit, he goes out there and fucking goes. I mean, he, he really, he puts on a hell of a match, and him and Alex Shelley tore it the fuck up. Alex, you know, he, he's definitely, um, you know, on his shit again. He's out there doing that fucking thing, and uh, this Nick Wayne kid, is, is he's special. He's, I mean, if he keeps getting good from the age he's at now, because the kid looks like he's like 19 years old and shit, like, he's going to be fucking incredible in his 30s. You know, not even, I mean, uh, mention like 20, 24, 23, you know, I mean, he, he's bound to get a contract somewhere pretty soon. And then, you know, let's see what kind of shit he could build off of that. He could be a veteran by the time he's in his 30s in a, in a name company. Um, Chris Dickinson versus ACH. 
this was damn good. I don't like ACH as a person. I, I really think that uh, all that drama bullshit he was up to, that wasn't that wasn't the WWE's fault or anybody else. I, I don't think so. I think he's, he's fucking wacky. I think he's really wacky, but he's also incredibly talented. So, I mean, him and Dickinson was a fucking banger. Really good shit. Um, of course, Dickinson had to put him over after the match while saying that he never does this, which, yes, the fuck he does. So, um, then there was, a uh, Bussy, which is Ali Catch and Effie versus ASF and Gringo Loco. I don't give a fuck about this match. Ali Catch is horrible. Uh, Effie is horrible. Straight up. I did, the two of them are absolute garbage. I don't ever want to see a fucking match that they're in. They're, they're fucking, uh, again, terrible fucking shape, look disgusting, look completely sloppy out there. Everything looks fucking half-assed. Nothing is top-notch executed. It's it's all bullshit. It's it's a bunch of look at me, but then when you look at them, you see fucking sloppy motherfuckers. You see people who aren't in the shape to be presenting themselves like that. You know what I mean? And I know Louie's wife was, you know, really offended when I said that Allie Catch isn't in the fucking shape she should be in. And then she told me that she's in she's in great shape. Or no, she's she's really healthy despite not being skinny, which is you know one way to put it. Um Louie just real sidebar real quick. Louie is out of his fucking mind too, and you know, I wish that dude the best, but like I can't respect shit like this dude missed a day of work, posted this shit on Facebook because he had fucking a skin infection from a, some fucking bullshit death match in front of fucking 50 people in Tremont's house. Missed the fucking day of work. And then like five days later, fucking wrestled the death match in Tremont's house in front of like fucking 40 people. The fuck, man? Like, don't, I, I don't, I don't want to hear shit about things going bad in your life, man. Because you're like, you're like 45 years old. Easy. And, and, and like, you're, you're at the point where you're missing, like, a day of work because of, and, and, like, the biggest worry, too, is, like, oh, I can't drink for 10 days because of the antibiotics. Yeah, that's your biggest fucking worry because you're not drinking for 10 days, but in five days, you're going to go get cut some more, possibly in the same part that's infected. That'll be a great idea. We should just cover it in fucking light tube dust because that'll be a better fucking thing for the wound. And, you know, it should heal up from there and your job should be secure that you'll be there on Monday as well. It's just the whole fucking thing is just like I can't respect that way of life. Like, you know, it's one thing, you know, to be a deathmatch wrestler and do it, you know, in a big way and be in a fucking tournament of death or being a king of the deathmatch, being a fucking... Tournament of Survival or whatever the fuck, you know, do some old big shit. But, like, this, this thing where you're doing it in, in someone's fucking apartment for fucking 20 weirdos, uh, it's it's like fetish shit. Again, this is just like this fetish shit. Me and my friends get together and cut each other and no one cares ever again about that day happening. We sell DVDs and, like, 20% of the people who show up to it, which is probably about 
eight people will buy the DVDs, and then they'll watch them again, and then they'll DM me about it. <laughs> Fucking, you know what I mean? I, the only thing I could say to that and it should just be on the fucking front of that building is... I think wrestling is for fucking retards. So anyway, um, back to the fucking show. Uh, they come back from the intermission that is this fucking tag match, and um, Joey Janela up against Bandito. Joey, I think, does his best fucking work against Lucha-type wrestler. Uh, those fast-moving Lucha guys who were willing to do a little hardcore, and those are where he does his best work. Because I think his tempo stays high, and and his, his like, something about, like, his his need to, like, show them what's up is there. Uh, That's just, like, the vibe I get. I'll ask him, because he's supposed to come on during the summer. So, um, you know, if we talk, I'll definitely ask him, like, what it is about those matches that has him kind of, like, stepping into another, like, level. And uh, he, he does some risky, stupid-ass shit. Like, he did this dive from the fucking, into, like, a cutter, from the fucking, like, stage to the to the ring apron and just took a cutter. Like, he just dove off the stage to take a bump face on the fucking cutter, uh, on the, uh, the apron. It, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, people say how brutal those fucking apron bumps in, are and shit. And this guy's diving off a fucking stage into a fucking flat, face-first fucking apron bump. Like, he's out of his goddamn mind. But that match was fucking awesome. He came in, like, because I guess he wrestled Murdoch the night before. And uh, he came in like he was hurt and he wasn't going to be able to wrestle. And then they all swerve and attacked him. And, and then from there, it just was on. And and the match was just great. Um Next up was Minoru Suzuki versus Two Cold Scorpio, which definitely delivered. Scorpio, you know, stepped up to that challenge where he started getting them smacks and shit, and he they went fucking chop battling and back and forth. And it, this match was a lot of fun because you could see, you know, the veteran respect here and there, but the, the, the challenging here and there and the, the, just jockeying for position and kind of, you know, testing each other and shit. Like, I really, I, I like that quite a bit. Um, so I, I thought that was way better than I expected it to be because, you know, um, I mean, motherfuckers ain't young and, you know, you got a lot of other top-notch shit on the card, so it comes down to it. So then the next two matches, again, like, I, you know, the John Wayne Murdoch Hoodfoot match, I liked, you know, um, I like Hoodfoot. I think he's crazy. I think his name is stupid as shit. But um, uh, John Wayne Murdoch and that and him was was very good. And and dude bleeds like fucking crazy, and he's nuts. Um, he's got to catch some wins. I don't know if he has since then or whatever. He's got to catch some wins though, because he keeps being brought in and and shown that like he can hang with this guy or hang with that guy. But if you just consistently catch losses every turn, no one gives a fuck anymore. That's where Slack is now, to me is no one's looking for a slack push. I mean, you could scream about all that West Coast shit all you want, but, like, I don't I don't know that people are clamoring for that. They're probably just happy to see him because he's slack and it's the West Coast and he's not there that often. Um, you know, I, I think he's still a viable option on a card and this and that, but I, I think he's a hard push. And I don't think it's it's like it was before. The thing, man, that slack on that, again, the side note, but... um. 
I think it's a fucking shame. It's always been a shame, and I've always said it was, that he was just never used right. He never pushed to be used right. The promos and all that shit stopped, which to me made me feel like the excitement left him, and he was just like, eh, whatever. And uh, he just, he was just coasting. He was taking losses to fucking everybody. And, you know, he was one of those guys that, like, had one of the quickest monster fucking, like, he was so monster over from the start, there's many that fall into that category that are that quickly that over. Because it really only took his look, his intensity. That's it. Coming out there hype looking like that, people were like, fuck yeah, let's do this. That was it. And and then he had it was just on him to keep that energy, and keep keep it building, catch some wins, be that motherfucker to just fuck shit up when he came in, but definitely not be the guy that everybody pinned to the fucking mat, because eventually you're like, ah oh, ah, oh, not again, oh what the fuck? When is it gonna be his time? Oh not today. Oh not next week either, huh? Oh not this year either. This sucks. Jesus Christ, when's he going to get one? It's been four years now. You know, this is, and then all of a sudden when you give him one, it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's cool. He finally got one. I mean, I should have did it a while ago, but, like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. That's the reaction you got now. It wasn't, it wasn't following up on that initial pop where the motherfuckers were, were hyped to see the dude. Now, now you let it die so far down that, I mean, man... The, the mountain to climb to get back to that fucking stardom is, is insane, and they just ruined that shit. They ruined that guy completely, and he helped to ruin him because he didn't, he didn't set a good standard for himself. People will criticize Loki all day for keeping his character strong, but he's a tiny little fucking dude that has a fucking dominant fucking uh, track record of destroying motherfuckers and not wanting to lose. How many little motherfuckers like that do you know? You know, that motherfucker ain't known for losing. And people might have been mad about that at the moment, but, you know, when he didn't take a loss to this fucking dickhead or that dickhead, well, now you don't have to go back and talk about, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember when this guy beat him or that guy beat him. Like, a lot of that shit doesn't really exist. He took some losses, but he made sure that they mattered. And, and you know, to me, that's a guy who was paying more attention to what mattered in his fucking, in his resume or in his catalog. When you looked at it all together, how how, how dominant did he look as a, as a performer, as a, as a character? You know, I, I think that that I can respect that a lot more. If he's got to be a dickhead to obtain that, then fuck it. Because I would way rather a guy goes down in infamy as, as a bad motherfucker than having, like, his role in the fucking business just destroyed to the point where you don't care about him anymore. Being a nice guy in that fashion doesn't fucking go anywhere. Um, but yeah, John Wayne Murdoch hood foot was fine. But again, like the deathmatch shit, like it, it's been too fetishized. It's been too overdone. And now it, it doesn't really grab me. It's not like, oh shit, light tubes. I'm like, all right. Fucking light tubes. Um, Alex Colon, Jimmy Lloyd. I don't give a shit about Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, he's he's really, he hasn't gotten any better. Um, he's had He had a few moments in the past. But, you know, again, you hope a guy gets in better shape. You hope a guy fucking does something. He's been used as a joke, a side player. He's been in, you know, all these different tournaments. He's done big, stupid scissor matches and this and this. But he was a guy 
who initially, you know, through the Dojo Wars stuff, uh, still looked like absolute garbage, but did, you know, did have a, a couple decent sort of wrestling matches. So, I mean, if he was able to lean into that side of things and build off of that and become an actually good fucking wrestler instead of, you know, the big, long, stupid run where he's a fake Lobo and then, and then you know, it's the scissors hanging out of his fucking arm and then he, you know, he wins a tournament of death when no one cares about tournament of death anymore. And he did a great job in it, but, again, no one really gave a fuck. That tournament of death was dead already by the time they did that one. And they're still threatening to bring it back. Like, people are going to come out of their fucking hibernation to fucking come see Tournament of Death fucking 2022 when they've been running out of this little fucking studio shit with Shannon at the helm. Get the fuck out of here. Loser-ass company. Fucking DJ Hyde hiding behind the fucking curtain going, just tell him it was your idea. (laughs) Fucking weirdo. I wish Gage would have walked into his bank. Um, uh, the Briscoes and Second Gear crew and Mance Warner, Matthew Justice. This was a draw, high incident match, scaffold all that. This was good, you know. A lot of talent in there, and um, yeah, good shit. But again, like you know, by the time that match came, I was already really happy with this card, based on the opener was good, the Alex Shelley, the the, the Alex Shelley, Nick Wayne, the Chris Dickinson, ACH, the Joey Janela, Bandito, the Minoru Suzuki, Two Cold Scorpio, and then if you want a little death match, you got that in there. Plus, you got the Briscoes on the main. Like, this, this shit was stacked. And again, like, I fuck with that tag team match, but it didn't even matter. It, it just didn't even matter. That's that to me is what you got to do to a card to make motherfuckers be like, yo, this this is that shit. At least for me, again, it, it, I'm a hard sell on everything. But, um, you know, I'm hoping they put together a couple of these cards a year. That'd be nice. You know, shit that you just looked up and down and be like, oh, yeah, there's at least fucking five bangers, six bangers on this motherfucker. Like, yeah, that that's what I want. And, it, you know, it is in such a different fashion. That's why it's not just deathmatch, deathmatch. You no. Know, by the time it came to the deathmatches, I didn't give a fuck about that. I'd way rather cool chair spots and, and bumps rather than the the glass and 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 cutting at this point cuz the cutting's been killed and bumps are bumps, you know. You fall off of something into something, it's that's what the fuck it is. If you take some kind of shit that looks like you landed on your fucking head, that's you land on your motherfucking I mean, that's what it is. So the cutting shit, I, I'm just kind of thinking you like all that shit. And I don't I don't know that I like that shit. That that you're so into it, you know it's fucking weird. But uh, yeah, so I, I hope they do more of that shit. Um, you know, no signs yet, but I mean, I I'm not studying it either. But yeah, um, let me see if there's anything else I got. Trying to think. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it. Um, I just want to real quick talk about my duck, um, Darkwing Duck, man, he was the first duck I ever had, he was, um, he was at least 12, um, because I got him 11 years ago, and he was at least a one-year-old duck, you know, so, um, 
that's that's the age he was. I mean, ducks. I mean, at their height, would live fifteen or you know something like that in captivity. So I mean, he was definitely up there. But um, his whole situation was uh, it was pretty much like a joke. It was like the duck walks into a bar. He literally kept walking into the fucking bar at the Red Roof Inn in South Tom's River. They knocked that shit to the ground because it became you know like a fucking crack den. Uh, <laughs> actually, accidentally had uh, Toby and Nicole stay there. Toby Klein, Nicole, uh, stayed there <laughs> one weekend. We were hanging out. They came down, and uh, they wanted to do Seaside. So we went to Seaside, walked around for a while, and they're like, yo, we got to get a room or whatever. And it was like prom weekend or some kind of fucking weekend, and uh, all the fucking hotels were booked. Everything was fucking booked. And uh, we ended up finding that shit, and the motherfuckers were like, yo, there was like, fucking holes in the door like you saw like cops were there there was like deals going on like it was fuck some old real wild shit like they didn't sleep all night type <laughs> it was fucked up anyway they knocked that shit to the ground but the um the duck must have been like raised by somebody or something and then just dropped off over there by the lagoon but because he knew people he was just like yo we going in here then and he just kept following customers inside. Like, as soon as someone would open the door and walk in, he'd just walk in behind them. And they'd kick him out. He'd fucking come back in with somebody else. And the duck kept coming back. And we were like, yeah, we got to call the popcorn zoo. So they called us up there. And then when he got there, I had been looking for ducks. I was like, yeah, like, I want I want a duck. I want ducks, a couple ducks. And uh, so, sure enough, he was my very first duck. Darkwing Duck, and, um, yeah, we just lost them, and, um, it's sad, you know, it, it was, it was the first of something, and, uh, yeah, I'll never forget him, I mean, he was, he was, um, not quite as personal as the goose that I had, because, you know, that was the reason, I figured, you know, once I lost the goose, I was like, let me see, you know, if I can get three smaller versions of that same shit, because that'd be dope, because I love the goose, he was so... He was so awesome, Yamanashi. He was so awesome, and he was like, he'd follow you around like a dog, and he was very personable and all that. I got these ducks. They were like, fuck you, bite your ankle and shit, and then <laughs> they just, like, didn't really give a fuck. But, I mean, you could pick them up and handle them, and they were great, you know, and all of that. But, yeah, it was it was always cool, you know, having him and, and uh, you know, the trio. And the only one left out of the trio now is um, is Daffy. I had Darkwing first, and then uh, Daffy, and then my third was Donald, who um, was the first to go, because he was just a massive duck. He was, like, really big, almost the size of a goose. He was so big. And over the time, you know, as they get older, their legs can't hold up as, as well, you know, especially if they're a really big animal. So it's usually the first thing to go on, on a larger-sized animal because they're holding up the weight of the rest of that animal, so when the legs get weak, it becomes uh, very difficult. So, you know, he struggled for a little bit, and we did some things and tried to boost him up and, and keep him going. And, uh, you know, eventually we had to say goodbye. Um, so he was the first we lost. But Darkwing kept going with Daffy for, you know, a couple more years. You know, that was a couple years ago we lost uh, Donald. And um, he was great. And and recently he must have had some kind of stroke or aneurysm or some kind of something, because something went wrong in his head and um, his head was tilted. He they, he was blind in one eye, you know, just through age. 
Uh, Daffy, I believe, is blind in both eyes, if not 90% blind. You know, he, if he sees anything, it's not much. But it's just age. I mean, these guys are up there, you know, 15 plus or, or 12, 12 plus. Um, so they're, they're, you know, you never know what age they were when I actually got them. So you're talking 12 minimum. But um, something happened with him, and his head was really tilted, more so than it would be just to, like, be seeing out of the one eye that he could see well out of. But it was very tilted, like, more so. And um, if he would tilt his head back, which is how ducks and chickens drink, is they'll dip their head in the water, and then they tilt their head back so it runs down their throat. Like, they don't really have, like, that same kind of swallowing mechanism as easy. Like, they, they really, like, tilt it back. And when he would tilt his head back and, like, his his face would be, like, closer to, like, straight up, he would flip. Like, he would just, like, flip out and literally flip, like, backwards. Like, throw his whole body backwards. And he was just, like, like just clearing his face. I'm, like, worried his duck's going to break his neck. And he, he's just flailing like this. It was so fucking terrible to watch. Um, so um, we were initially going to put him to sleep. But then um, the one exotics vet at Nina's um, job had said that we can try um, uh, pain medication and uh, like a, um, like anti-nausea or, or um, you know, shit for travel. So uh, motion sickness, I think that was what it motion sickness med. So it would it would make them feel more stable unless, you know unstable and it wanted to flail into this this ordeal and then hopefully you know through that time of helping him because we if we held the bowl in front of him he'd eat really well like crazy and then you kind of stabilize him by the water he'd drink he you know and you just stabilize him so he didn't go all the way back so we were going to try to just medicate him you know and hope that that would get him like healing keep him strong through food and hopefully he would recover you know just just kind of recovering from because if it was like a stroke it could go two ways you know it could go where it affects you forever and and that's you're just done or you you can kind of like slowly climb back to your normal self or close to it where you're very operational but he wasn't getting better and um we we had to make the decision it was it was rough but you know i mean he gave us a lot of fucking years that that is a long time for a duck so you know i only hope to get that same amount of time out of you know, any of my uh, feathered friends out there, because cause that, that's a dope stretch, you know, to have him for, for that long. So, you know, rest in peace to him. But, you know, that's that's what I do. And that, that, that's part of that's part of this journey, man. That shit is hard because, you know, you're always like, you know, you want more time, you want more time. No matter who you're losing, what you're losing, you know, people in your life, animals. But we're really only going to get so much time with fucking everything. And, I mean... You gotta understand that, you know, it's it's all the good times that makes that hard that that one time hard. And you're grateful, you know, you should be grateful to have all those good times, you know. And that's why I try to put my mind because it's so terribly sad to lose them. But we, you know, we've had people that have come to the job too, you know, and uh, or, or you'd overhear that, oh yeah, like they lost their beloved touch and such. They said they'll never own a, own a pet again or whatever. That's sad because 
that person that cared so much that it hurt them so deeply is the one that you want to own pets because they will they will go above and beyond for that animal. They'll treat that animal like family. Oh, losing family is, is a motherfucker, but your your value in giving an animal that life that was so happy that you can't even bear losing that you can't you can't imagine losing this pet. Man, that's I mean that's just tremendously um gifting, you know, to an animal and and rewarding to you too because that sadness is so overwhelming in my opinion. That means you should get more than one animal. So if you lose one, you have one to lean on and then it motivates you to want to go get another friend for that animal. You know, and and it just it makes it that much easier. You know, um doesn't you know get you past it or make it where it didn't happen you know it's still as heavy as it gets but you know i I feel like those are those are true animal people the people who are crippled by the loss of their pet because you know those those are the people who are going to show compassion and care towards anything that their animal needs and really cater to their animal and and uh you know give them what they deserve so i always hate to hear that someone's going to bail on everything because of one bad thing because, you know, but, um, yeah, um, so let's talk about it real quick, this, that workout program I, I was doing, uh, um, Jim Stepani, Stepani, um, he does the gym supplements, JYM supplements, uh, that's, that's all the shit I use, um, I'm not sponsored or anything like that, I love that, but I also do nothing to, um, make that happen, um, so, not gonna happen um but um yeah like i just love his supplements just overall just love his supplements they really work for me um that's why like i i don't never know like if you should trust somebody who's really like pushing somebody's supplements and shit because they're all fucking sponsored so what are they gonna say they're not gonna be like yo i i prefer the gym supplement However, this one's pretty good, too. They're going to be like, this is the best pre-workout I've ever had. Like, of course it is, because they're giving you fucking free product. This shit's expensive. You know, you you got a promo code, so you're getting some kind of kickback if a whole bunch of people, you know, get the shit with your promo code. Like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't make sense for me to listen to somebody with a fucking sponsorship. So, at least you know out of me, like, I'm just telling you straight up genuine. It's like, yo... I like this shit. So I got the Pre-Gym X. That's as far as supplements go and new supplements that I've tried from them. It's called uh, Tiger's Blood, you know, um, coincidentally. And um, it's watermelon, strawberry, and coconut flavored. And that shit is fucking crazy. It's got it's got the pre and the post-workout, so it's got all your aminos packed into it, too, in a way, so you could just kind of, like, all-in-one it. And, um... Yeah, it's fantastic. I fucking love that that uh that shit right there. That's my obviously going to be my flavor because I mean I, as soon as I taste it every time, I'm just like, oh my fucking god, this is good. And then just you know enjoy that shit leading up to the workout and and then go in and fucking murder. But um, so Jim Stepani is a doctor, and he creates all these workout programs and, and these workout supplements. Um, he's somewhere in his fifties, I believe. And, uh, I I mean, just absolutely shredded. Um, and I mean, 
He knows his shit. When he explains something to you, to me, I get it. And I go, okay, well, I understand why he's saying that. Like, he'll tell you, like, no, don't do the, the this training, this this workout is usually people do it this way. Well, if you do it this way, your range of motion goes to this point, and you're trying to work this muscle. So if you're able to go past this point by this half of inch, you're going to get that much more push out of your muscle, and you're going to do this, and you're going to lessen your risk of injury because you're not overextending on this and that. Like, he really breaks shit down. So I'm, I'm always listening to, like, videos that he puts up and shit like this. I'm probably going to try one of his, like, full-on training programs, when I get past race season, that I think will be my off season while I'll train like a lot of Jim Stepani stuff. Because this little free one that we got, um, I could send you the link for it, but um, it's a fucking fantastic workout. I posted on my wall once before, but again, like if, if you hear this and you didn't see that and you need the link or whatever, and you could probably look it up, but um, I, I could send you the link immediately. Like It's called Four Minute Muscle. And the whole structure of it, and I know that always sounds like, four. what are you going to do in four minutes? It's four minutes per muscle, and you're working all of them. So generally, this workout takes me about an hour and a half because at some point or another, it's hard to, you know, you stall in between sets, you know, not that you should, but that it's just you're going through ten different fucking exercises with technically six sets in four minutes each. Um, so the structure of it is this, you are going to set your timer at four minutes. You're going to do 10 reps. Now, the, the weight you're choosing is something that you would have to push to hit like 12 to 15 reps. So it's something you could hit 12 to 15 reps, but like you're really feeling it by the end of those reps. You know what I mean? So you're going to pick the weight, whatever weight that is for these exercises. Every exercise, obviously, is going to have a different weight that puts you at that number. That's the weight you're going to use. And you'll figure it out when you do these, because if you can't do them completely, then you're not, you're using too much weight. If you could do them with these, you're not using enough weight. It has to be where these last fucking reps that you're doing are like, holy shit. And that's where I'm at with this. I've been fucking killing this one. So by structure, you would set your timer at 40 minutes, or four minutes, I'm sorry. And you'll do 10 reps. And then you'll stare at that timer for 15 seconds, and you'll do another 10 reps. And then you stare at that timer for another 15 seconds, you do eight reps. Watch another 15, six reps. And now you're going to hit four set, four reps after 15 seconds, and you only got four more reps. And that, you know, again, that's just like you're doing 10, 10, 8, 6, 4, 4. 15 second rest in between each one of these little joints. And as soon as you're done with that last four, you should feel like, yo, I don't want to do another fucking, and then your brain goes, oh, you don't have to. And then you're just on to the next muscle, and you work that muscle to where you don't want to fuck with it no more. You just hit that shit hard as fuck. You can hit that shit a couple of times a week. You're hitting every body part. Now, what's on the workout program there, it has, because I took, I took exactly what he put down there and made it work into my FitBod so I could log it 
And um, when I logged it the first day that I did it, it left me with some fresh muscle groups and um, um, hamstrings not touched at all. So what I did was I added um, Romanian deadlift, dumbbell deadlifts to this. So it was nine exercises, and I made it ten. And I I added the Romanian um, dumbbell deadlifts um, to this. And when I do that and log it in FitBod, I have zero fresh muscle groups. So there's some little shit I could be hitting, adductor, adductors, adductors, all that shit. I know I mispronounced both fucking ways. Um, you know, a little more forearms, like neck. And I'm not even talking like traps. I'm talking like neck, neck, where you're like, you know, putting a band on your neck and fucking nodding up and down. Uh, but uh, that type of shit, you know, or side to side, whatever the fuck. Um... But that's, like, the only thing that'll be, like, blank on your fucking body. Everything else you, you will have hit. You, you you hit fucking quads, you hit calves, you hit biceps, you hit triceps, you hit chest, you hit shoulders, you hit back, you hit... Sh- I mean, it, every fucking thing is there. So, like, I, I like this shit. And he said, uh, you know, he was saying how this is a really good thing to hop into for a few weeks. Like, if you plateaued and you can't, like... You can't do anything more. Like, you, you just kind of hit a wall where you're not advancing anymore. This is such a different style of workout that it, it'll break you through that wall a lot of times, and then you can get back to your shit, and now you're hitting bigger numbers and shit. So um, for various different reasons, I think this is a really good fucking set. And I'm just having a lot of fun with it, and whenever I have fun with a fucking workout, I'm likely to stick with it. You know, I got a race right around the fucking corner. June is my first fucking race in two years. Bone Frog, motherfucking Trident, Golden fucking Trident, nine miles, uh, sixty plus obstacles, and I can tell you, as of this motherfucking podcast that I'm speaking on, I have not run a block in two fucking years. I gotta get the fuck out there and run a little bit. I think my lungs are gonna collapse on the course. Um, outside of that, I think I'm in fantastic shape for all of it. I think I'm going to crush these fucking obstacles. But, hey, I haven't touched these fucking obstacles in two years. So, man, I don't know. But I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to try to get a little running, fucking push these lungs to the limit and see what the fuck happens to them um, before I'm out there on the course and just dead in fucking Stanhope, New Jersey or wherever the fuck this shit I think that's the town. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I'm i excited. But, yeah, um. I think that's everything I got. I I touched on a lot of different things. So, I mean, if I didn't hit everything, I think I covered a lot of shit. I had so much different shit on my chest, and it was just, I had so much real-life shit going on that I just, I couldn't fucking slow it down. I couldn't slow my brain down long enough to get all this other shit out there because it just, it didn't matter enough for me to really fucking focus on it for long enough. So I finally got at least you know, past some of the heavy shit just enough that I can get on here, get this shit out of my system. And then whatever I didn't hit or I missed, I could always come back to the next time I get that uh, freedom of mind, I guess you'd call it, or whatever the fuck. But, uh, you know, that's that's that. And that's it. I mean, 
Uh, let me. All right. Uh, yeah, check out uh, Professor Jay. He's not. You know, he's paused on his podcast because you know he's having he's having some trouble. You know, getting shit together schedule wise. A guy. You know, he, he's he's a single dad and he does his fucking thing with them kids. You know what I mean, so that that's what matters the most. It'll always be. And, you know, it, it's tough to arrange schedules, especially, you know, if you're trying to, uh, you know, you're not doing it solo. Like, this shit here, like, I just hop on whatever the fuck. If I had to, like, contact somebody, and you know, it's just, it makes it harder. You know, even Shaheen, I mean, shout out to Shaheen. That dude kept my fucking show afloat for over a year because the only way I could do it is, is to be hitting Shaheen up and shit. And we made shit work. But shit was definitely harder to schedule than it is now. You know, now I just, oh, shit, I feel like doing it tonight. And then it was like when I when I was on my, I had already planned on doing it tonight. But I had a few nights like this. And then I get home and just the mood just ain't there. Or I just start doing something else and be like, I'd rather just keep doing this. And then and I do because my nights are short. I'm fucking back at work before you know it. I got one day off. So the shit is, you know, I actually just pulled my puppets out first first time in fucking years. Again, I got away from a lot of the shit that I was doing. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to have uh, been able to, you know, revisit some of this shit. And I, I want to lean back into it. I'm trying to figure out the TikTok shit because I really think a lot of that shit would pop with my puppets. But um Trying to figure that shit out, all that synchronizing shit, and uh, you know how to how to do the videos and the delays, and the, I mean these motherfuckers is doing edits. I don't know how to fuck these bitches is like twelve years old and they're out there doing fucking edits. Like I don't I don't I don't let my girls be on like like shit like that that heavy. You know what I mean? They they check some stuff out and stuff, but they ain't you know what I mean like all day every day on the the social media shit like. You know, some of these girls are, but they'll be fucking, they'll be 12 fucking years old and uh, piecing fucking four or five videos together. So it looks like, like some produced shit. It's like, yo, I need one fucking geek who could help me with that shit. And I think it will pop the fuck off. Yeah, I mean, someone just, just throw that shit all together, splice this in with that, fucking sandwich this next to that one so the shit moves smooth. And, and, and I, but I don't know. I got to figure this shit out myself because it can't be that hard if a bunch of 12-year-old girls are doing this shit unless that's just where I'm at. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, check out my man Shaheen doing that uh, Break the Apocalypse, and then he, he does uh, Planet Mondo and commissions, as always. Check my man out. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to y'all motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean?
You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like, Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Cusa Chick Radio. Jesus! So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.